There are several exits on this aircraft in the event of an emergency. At this time, please fasten your seatbelts as we are preparing for takeoff. And welcome aboard. Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of It's Just a Talk Podcast, your Spanglish political queer Latinx and shady podcast. This episode 34, It's Just a Talk, is where we talk a little tea, we talk a little truth, but you know we always leave time to talk some shit. My name is Mauricio. I have the pleasure of being your host, and episode 34 is being brought to you by Tahin. I put that shit on everything. It used to be the slogan for the longest. I don't know if y'all remember, but when I was a, I was younger, I was going to say a kid, but maybe I should say when I was younger, so I don't, like, age myself. Cuando estaba un poco joven, um, there used to be a commercial in English-speaking channels, um, and there would be, like, different people putting tajin on fruits and on drinks and diferentes cosas, and then at the end, the lady would hold up tajin to the screen, and she would be like, Tahin, I put that shit on everything. And I think it aired for like a good, I want to say like six months, maybe a year before I guess people started complaining because they say shit. <laughs> but whenever I put Tahin on anything, I always think of that. Tahin, I put that shit on everything. And I've noticed that Tahin is just like a lifesaver. Porque, like, without tajin, we wouldn't have mangonadas. We wouldn't have, like, really bomb apples. Our mangos would taste dry, would, would taste dry as fuck. Entonces, I'm excited that we have tajin, y'all. So this is why episode 34 is being brought to you by tajin. I actually don't know who makes tajin, but they should sponsor me. All right, y'all, we're going to move on to our first segment of the podcast, like the sands through the hourglass. So are the days of our lives. I'm ready, so I hope you're ready to get this party started. So let's get it going. All right, welcome to the first segment of the podcast. Let us stand through the hourglass. So are the days in nuestras vidas. Where we talk about just things that are happening up in the world, you know, my life, la vida de otra gente, you know, como chismoso, como el gordo de la flaca. You know, I am like a gordo de la flaca. I'm just going to put that out there. Porque, you know, during summer and around Pride Month, you know, she's flaca. But the rest of the year... She's gorda. <laughs> I've noticed that about me. I only go real hard in the gym when my birthday's coming and summer's coming. And after my last time ever putting on that bathing suit, I'm like, let's go to McDonald's, bitch. I'm trying to get a 20-piece chicken nuggets, a Big Mac, some tacos. What a, you want to give me a milkshake? Give me a milkshake también. I'll take it. Entonces, I'm going to say I'm como el gordo de la flaca, okay? I'm like los dos en uno, okay? This month, we are celebrating Pride Month. So, happy Pride Month to all my LGBTQ plus folks that listen to the podcast. I am so excited that you are here and you are queer. And I'm so sorry that I record this in the closet. This year actually marks 15 años, y'all. 
15 years since I came out of the closet. So, those of you that know me know it wasn't pretty, but you know what? She stayed pretty. <laughs> so, happy Pride Month, y'all. And then I told y'all last episode that Benefer was returning, and some of y'all didn't believe me, but reports show that Ben Affleck and Jennifer Lopez I have been seen canoodling in, after third period in um above the projector room. I'm just kidding. That's a, that's a quote from Mean Girls. But they've been seen together a lot, like traveling different places and stuff. It's almost like... Ben Affleck is her rebound, but a lot of people are saying that they're really rooting for them. We were rooting for you. We were all rooting for you. Porque, um, you know, they say they maybe they just met each other at the wrong time and this is the right time for them. So I'll let you know what happens with Benefer when we get there. Pero talking about a different couple uh, that has been in the headlines recently, Meghan Markle and Prince Harry Finally, um, they welcomed a new baby girl who they named Lilibet Diana. And they named Lilibet um, after their great-grandma or, like, Will- Prince Harry's great-grandma. And then Diana, obviously, Princess Diana. And so every time that the little girl says her name, she's going to pay homage to La Princesa Diana. I remember growing up, my mom would be like, Ooh, la princesa Diana es tan bonita. Ooh, la princesa Diana es tan buena persona. Yo quiero ser como la princesa Diana. And then when she died, my mom was like, Oh, no, la princesa Diana se murió. Um, she didn't, like, cry and chip a tooth like I did when Selena died. But, you know, there were similar emotions there. I'm just trying to say, you know, I'm trying to compare apples to pears here. Pero another thing that we need to compare apples to pears is the Friends reunion happened. And I'm saying apples to pears because to me, living single was the original Friends. And then these white people were like, ooh. I like that concept. Let's do that, but we're white people because, you know, in 1994, it's going to be better. And obviously, they were right because, you know, it did better. It had more seasons. I ain't going to lie. I do love me some friends until most recently when I rewatch it. I'm like, wait, there is no people of color in New York and friends. Damn. What New York do they live in? But anyways, the reunion happened. I did watch it. And during the reunion, the director was asked about the lack of diversity during Friends. And he kept saying things like, what do you mean lack of diversity? We had a black character that dated Ross at the time. What do you mean lack of diversity? This reunion had a lot of diversity. We had Malala. We had BTS. We had people from Ghana. There's no lack of diversity. And I'm like, girl... She's still in denial. Entonces, y ni siquiera es el denial en Africa, you know, not the river, like real denial. <laughs> Entonces, another people that are in denial is all the Ariana stands. Porque Ariana Grande se nos casó, y'all. Se nos casó, se nos casó. She got married to Dalton Gomez, who I looked him up and he's a realtor. But also... Am I the only one that thinks that Dalton Goldman looks just like what her other boyfriend's name, Pete something? They look like the same person. I'm not even kidding. The other one that's on SNL is probably a little more skinnier and looks and 
looks more like he does coke or, you know, the other drugs. But Dalton Gomez looks like the same person. A lot of stands were like, oh my God, I can't believe she's married to a white man. And I was like, what did you expect? Ariana Grande is Italiana. Es blanca, señoritas y señores. Se les olvidó? Just because, you know, she dropping my, my, what is it? My something and something and something and something. Mira, I'm really bad at lyrics, so no me acordé. Okay, se me olvidó. Just because she can drop it low like that and singing Seven Rings, no quiere decir que no es blanca, güey. It's all fucking like the tanning booth, okay? Entonces, another thing that just opened, aside from the tanning booth of Ariana Grande, is finally theaters are open, and I have been crying. I love the movies, y'all. Like, I love the movies so much. I love the theater experience and watching a movie in the theater so much. I was one of the first people that had movie pass, going to movie pass era cosa. And um, I'm the first person to, like, watch movies on my own. Porque no me gusta, you know, molestar a mis amigos. Pero, acaban de abrir. I'm so happy. I'm so happy, y'all. So, I went to see The Quiet Place. Went to see Cruella. I recommend both of them. We're about to see In the Heights in the teatro. Actually, I'm going to see it multiple times. I'm going to see it at the stadium here, you know, that sucky team, Los los Gigantes, they're doing like a Pride Night and they're showing in the Heights. So I'm going to see it there. Then I'm going to see it in El Teatro. And then I'm going to see it at my best friend's place in Los Angeles. Okay, porque he's throwing like una como, you know, backyard showing of in the Heights. Y vamos a manejar ahí abajo para verlo. So I'm super excited about that. And you know what I'm also super excited about? The question of the week. So I'll see you there. Welcome to the next segment of a podcast, our question of the week. And this week we asked, what events happened before Stonewall in 1969? A lot of people like to say that Stonewall was the event that started the gay rights revolution, uh, revolt, and which in part is true. Stonewall did start the tradition of having pride parades. Um, it wasn't a parade before. It was a, a pride march. Just like there's like Black Lives Matter marches, you know, Stop Asian Hate marches. There was like LGBTQ pride marches. For the first, I want to say like five, six years after Stonewall, on the, on the anniversary, there would be marches. So it did start that, and the pride as we know it now has become this capitalist thing that companies just want to slap a rainbow on their shit. Pero, what happened before Stonewall? So let's get into it, y'all. So there were some uprisings that happened before Stonewall that people rarely talk about because there wasn't like a parade or a action that celebrated that day every year after that. In 1959, in May of 1959, there was the Cooper Donuts riot in Los Angeles. A full decade before the Stonewall, police faced another angry crowd when they tried to round up gay men, trans women, hustlers, and drag queens who frequented this late-night L.A. coffee shop. 
As had happened before, officers entering Coopers demanded identification. If a customer's gender or presentation didn't match the gen the gender on their ID, they'd be taken to jail. They attempted to arrest several customers, including someone named John Retchie, who recounted the incident on the city of night. But onlookers threw coffee, donuts, and trash for the cops fled empty-handed. As the riot spread into the streets, police backup blocked off Main Street and arrested some protesters. The incident is considered one of the first LGBT uprisings in the U.S. We also had the picket at White Wall Street Induction Center in New York on September 19, 1964. In what's believed to be the first organized demonstration for gay rights, protesters picketed the U.S. Army building at 39 Whitehall Street in downtown New York, which had been in armed forces insemination and interest station since 1886. The group, led by Randy Wicker and the members of the Sexual Freedom League, demonstrated against military discriminatory policies and the outing of homosexual men rejected for service. It would be 47 years before the U.S. government lifted the ban on gays and lesbians in the military in 2011. There was also the Echo White House demonstration in Washington, D.C. on April 17, 1965, Less than a dozen demonstrators picketed the White House in the first in the series of actions conducted by East Coast Homophile Organization, or ECHO, in 1965. The following day, through 29 ECHO members protested outside the United Nations over the treatment of homosexuals in both Cuba and the United States. Other ECHO demonstrators that spring took place in front of the Pentagon and the State Department. On May 21st, Armed Forces Day, 35 people walked a second picket line at the White House, protesting the exclusion of homosexuals from the military, the dishonorable discharges given to those who were discovered, and continuing refusal by the Departments of Defense, Army, Navy, and Air Force to meet with spokesmen for the homosexual community to engage constructive discussion of the policies and procedures at issue. We also had the Council of Relig- on Religion and the Homosexual Ball in San Francisco on January 1st, 1965. Established in 1964 to foster a dialogue between clergy and gays, the Council on Religion and the Homosexual held a lavish drag ball in San Francisco's California Hall on New Year's Day in 1965. The group had worked diligently to follow municipal code and even told the SFPD about the party. Regardless of this, police member kept coming into the party to take pictures of attendees, including clergymen and their wives, to expose them to the community and letting them know that these people were supporting homosexuals. There was also Dewey's Lodge counter sitting in Philadelphia on April 25, 1965. Dewey's was a chain of hamburger joints in Philadelphia, and a location near Rittenhouse Square was a popular gathering spot for young queer people. But after an encounter with rowdy, gender nonconforming teens, employees began refusing service to any customers they believed were gay or otherwise challenged gender norms. On April 25, 1965, 150 people were refused service at the eatery, working in conjunction with a local gay rights group called the Janus Society, Janus? Janus Society, 
three teenagers walked into Dewey's, Dewey's that day and staged a sit-in. Demonstrators and the Janus Society President Clark Pollock, who had come down to help, were soon arrested and charged with disorderly conduct. And we also had the Independence Hall annual reminders in Philadelphia that happened on July 4th, 1965, four years before Stonewall, 38 activists picketed outside Philadelphia's Independence Hall to demand equality in what was the largest gay rights demonstration in of this time. They carried signs reading, No society can be great without all of its citizens, and 15 million homosexual Americans asked for equality, opportunity, and dignity. There was also the Julius Sippin in New York City on April 21st, 1966. In the 1960, the New York Liquor Authority barred establishment from serving alcohol to any homosexuals or anyone that challenged gender norms. To demonstrate against this discriminatory policy, members of the Mattachine Society, one of the very first societies of gay men and queer people that were ever you know, put together, took a page from the civil rights movement. They walked into Julius in New York in the West Village, announced they were homosexuals, and asked to be served. The bar had been raided a few days earlier, and a uniformed cop was stationed outside the door. So we knew that Julius would not serve us because they have this thing pending, former Mattachine Society Chair Dick Leinchman told NPR. When we walked in, the bartender put glasses in front of us, and we told them that we were gay and we intended to remain orderly. We just wanted service. And he said, hey, you're gay, I can't serve you. And he put his hands over the top of the glass. There was also Compton's Cafeteria Riot in San Francisco on August 1966. Again, in the 1960, Gene Compton's cafeteria in San Francisco's Tenderloin neighborhood was one of the few places that hustlers, street kids, transgender folks, queer folks, sex workers, and anyone that was gay could go late at night. But staffers frequently called the police who would harass customers and arrest the woman for impersonating a female. When the officer, on this day, when an officer manhandled a trans woman during this raid, she threw coffee in his face and a scene erupted into chaos as a crowd of 60 began throwing dishes and furniture at the cops. And there was also the Black Cat protest in Los Angeles on February 11, 1967. On New Year's Day 1967, undercover cops raided the Black Cat Tavern in Silver Lake brain-dishing guns, and beating patrons with clubs and pool cues. A bartender was pulled across the bar, lacerating his face with broken glass. Several drag queens were arrested, as were two men engaging in a New Year's kiss. Two weeks later, 200 protesters picketed for days in front of the tavern, marking the first time LGBTQ people organized against police harassment in Los Angeles. And there was also the Patch Riot in L.A. on August 17, 1968. This will be our final one we talk about. In 1964, Life magazine reported that the LAPD was an anti-homosexual drive to stop gays from creating what it described as a fruit world. LAPD inspector Jane Fisk warned that Perbert is no longer as secretive as he was. He's aggressive and his aggressiveness is getting worse. Police were 
repeatedly told Lee Glaze, owner of the Long Beach The Patch, that to stay open, he had to ban drag acts, physical contact, and male-to-male dancing. But after business took a hit, Glaze instituted a new protocol. He just warned customers when undercover officers went to bar by playing God Save the Queen on a jukebox. On August 17, 1968, a year before Stonewall, the Vice Squad arrived, demanding IDs and making arbitrary arrests. Glaze jumped on stage and yelled, It's not against the law to be homosexual. It's not a crime to be in a gay bar. He then led customers in protest chants and told them he'd cover their legal costs if they got arrested. For the first time in memory, a gay bar not only survived the aftermath of a police raid after so many fell before, but thrived because of the bar managers taking on police on their home turf. So those are a couple of things that happened before Stonewall. So yes, we all hear about Stonewall, but there's so many things that led to it. And I hope today you learned some of those things. I'll see you in the next segment. <laughs> Yeah. Welcome to our next segment of the podcast, our POC and Queer Excellence of the Week. In this segment of the podcast, we shout out anyone that's a person of color or queer, and they have just done something amazing since our last episode. Today, I want to highlight Naomi Osaka, who is one of the best tennis players in the world. And most recently, Naomi Osaka said that she will not play in the French Open because she wanted to take a mental health break. As she said that she gets really bad anxiety when she's in front of the microphones and all these um, reporters are asking questions about her life, about what she does in the court, and all these different things. And because she refused to be in front of reporters, the French Open said that they were going to fine her thousands of dollars. And so she said, that's fine. I'll take the fine. As crazy as it is, Serena Williams and the Vin- the Venus, I mean the Williams sister, have decided to help out with the cause, and so has count the Calm app. So shout out to Naomi Osaka for standing her ground and knowing that mental health is important, especially in the times that we live now. Another black woman that is made doing just amazing shit in the world is Simone Simone Biles. Simone Biles just won her seventh national title, her national gymnastics title. She won her, basically this is her seventh time winning the world championships of gymnastics. Like, bitch, what? Like, no woman in gymnastics has ever done this before. So shout out to Simone Biles for just being, like, superhuman, but, like, also for being a badass. I've been thinking about this a lot and, like, why it's such a um, a monumental thing for, like, athletes of color to, like, come, like, actually fulfill their greatness. And I keep thinking around how people of color, like, were, like, forced to be more than. You know what I mean? Like, and, and I'm sorry for my white listeners, that, but you know what? This is the truth. We're going to spill some truth right now. For a lot of, like, white athletes, like, at times, like, what they think is their best is enough because the world lets them know that, like, being whatever best is is good enough, but also at times, like, mediocre is good enough, you know, because, like, you're already there, you're already made it. 
And for athletes of color, it feels almost like just making it to that point, you know, to like a national team, to the Olympics, whatever it might be, at times it's not enough, you know, because you have to be better than what you're expected to be just to be recognized. And so, which is why I feel that a lot of these athletes of color are really just killing the game because they know that we live in a society where as POC, we have to be better than what they expect us to at all times. And it's the same for Eddie, even outside of the court. It's the same in life. Um, somebody else outside of the court that I really want to shout out is Andrea Mesa, who won Miss Universe this year, 2021. She is from Mexico. And I really want to shout out that Andrea Mesa is, is actually a um, software engineer. So woman is really breaking those barriers, you know. There's not enough women in tech. And honey, Andrea Mesa is not only in tech as a software engineer, but baby, she is Miss Universe 2021, okay? I also want to shout out the cast of Pose. If you watch Pose on FX, it's over. Their final episode aired yesterday. I won't give you any spoilers, but I will say that I cried. But the cast of Pose just all in my heart. Like, I really hope to see just vibrant futures for them in whatever they else they do. Somebody else that right cried because I was upset is if y'all watch Legendary on HBO Max, I really want to shout out the House of Tishi because the House of Tishi really brought it this season on Legendary. And if you don't watch Legendary, I'm about to spoil it for you. And if you watch it, please skip to like 10 seconds from this. Starting now. Bitch, I cannot believe they went. They got sent home. Excuse me? They've been the best house for, like, ever. So when House of Tishi comes out with their little, like, shirts and shit, you know I'm going to buy them. And also, I want to shout out all the LGBTQ plus trailblazers. If you want to hear about trailblazers or moments in the LGBTQ movement, go ahead and follow me on Instagram as I am posting a different person or a different event in the LGBTQ movement every day. And so follow me on Instagram at it's just to talk underscore because remember my old in my old Instagram got you know shut down by the Instagram people. So at it's just to talk underscore. And with that, we'll go to our next segment of the podcast today in the country. I'll see you there. Welcome to our next segment of the podcast today in the country, where I become, I go from El Gordo La Flaca to Celeste Raras, you know? If you know Spanish television, you know who the fuck I am. <laughs> and so now that I'm Celeste Raras, I'm going to tell you about some things that are happening in the country. Vamos, okay? Échale. So, as of recent, different states have been putting out vaccine incentives they've been rolling rolling these out across the country and i feel some type of way porque some of these states are offering like a million dollars in a raffle you know you can win a house you can win you know a trip you can win five hundred thousand dollars there's even a state north carolina is raffling off five hunting rifles i was like what 
like give people that don't want to get vaccinated and did the insurrection rifles. The fuck you talking about, North Carolina? Pero California itself is out. So um, Gavin Newsom announced that the state is going to put 160 million into a vaccination lottery. So winners will get $50,000 each when they win, and it's called Vats for the Win. And there's about 21.5 million eligible in California. So far, 15 have been picked and have won in LA, Orange, Mendocino, Santa Clara, Alameda. Ooh, that's my county. San Diego, San Francisco, and San Luis Obispo. Pero other states are doing other things también. Oregon announced that they plan to also hold a lottery, and it's called the Take Your Shop campaign. And in this lottery, they will also be, you know, putting millions of dollars for people to win. Ohio was actually the first state to introduce this vaccine lottery. The lure of big bucks has worked. Hundreds of thousands of people have entered into Ohio's Vats a Million Lottery. They'll award $1 million prizes and five full-ride scholarships to any college of their choice. Look, in New York, anyone who gets vaccinated at select state-run vaccination sites in, in the state will receive a lottery scratch-off ticket with prizes potentially worth millions. It's called Vats and Scratch. <laughs> Look, I don't know how I feel about this because I got my vaccine when I needed to get it. You know what I mean? Like the those of us that got our vaccine when like we were like, okay, I'm doing this because I want to protect myself and I want to protect my family and those around me. So I'm going to do this. Um, and now people that were like, nah, I don't want to do it. I'm going to wait till you grow a third a thumb or a third eye are now getting put into raffles for millions of dollars. I mean, Vegas, they said that you might say Hustlers Club is putting the skin in the game. Popular strip clubs hosted free vaccination Fridays. So if you have a vaccine card in Vegas, you can get complimentary dances, bottles, or even show tickets. Girl, what? I don't know how I feel about this. So maybe I'll talk shit about it later. <laughs> But thus far, only 42% of the U.S. has actually been fully vaccinated. So I don't know how much this is working. Also, um, the Republicans most recently blocked a bipartisan bill to further investigate the insurrection of January 6th, saying that people need to move on, that this was not an insurrection. And I quote, a Republican literally said, if you did not see the news coverage that it was what was happening outside the inside looked like any other day you would think it was just a regular tour is he on crack are these republicans on crack but you know why they blocked it right because there's for sure some republicans that were involved in masterminding this fucking interaction that happened on January 6th where white people took over, pero nothing happened to them. Entonces, these Republicans are scared que la gente va a saber que era ello. Entonces, 
That's why they're going to block it. They use the filibuster, which we will discuss in the next podcast, where the filibuster is, to block it, even though they're the fucking minority in the fucking Senate. That is ridiculous. And I hate this country right now because of that. Really, girl? You're going to block an investigation on this insurrection that happened? It's so stupid. But anyways, we're going to move on to our next segment of the podcast. Oi. En el mundo. Los miro ahí. Welcome back to our next segment of the podcast, Hoy en el Mundo, where we talk about things that are happening in the world because we are not uh, like the only country in the world. The world does not revolve around the U.S. Like I used to tell my students, cuando they, their problems were the, the only problems in the class, I'd be like, I'm sorry, is your name the sun? Because last time I checked, the world don't revolve around you. Let me fix this, and then I'm going to help you. Okay, give me a second. So U.S., I'm sorry, is your name the sun? Porque hay otras cosas que están pasando en el mundo. We're going to talk about it. First, we're going to start with the Israel and Palestine conflict, which I am not going to try and break up. We're not even going to do a question of the week about what's happening in Israel or Palestine. I'm just going to give you the facts of what I know, and you will make your own educated opinion about what's happening. So... Palestine was a country that was taken over by the British, by the white people, right? Palestine is a mostly Muslim country, okay? You're following? Entonces, after World War II, when, after the Holocaust, a lot of Jewish folks were displaced, right? Entonces, the United Nations decided that they would break part of what was Palestine at the time and give some of that land to the Jewish folks, and they would call it Israel. If you go back into history even more, before Palestine, it was Israel. And then if you go into history before, before that Israel, it was Palestine. And so it's been back and forth, right? Let me just tell you that. At one time in history, it was Israel. At one time in history, it was Palestine. At one time in history, now after World War II, it was two. The country was divided in two. Since then, folks in the Israel side have been taking more and more land of the Palestine side, right? Countries have started to recognize Israel as a country and not Palestine anymore. When you go on Google Maps or Apple Maps and you look up Palestine, it literally just gives you coordinates. It no longer gives you like a place in the map. It gives you coordinates in the middle of what looks like Israel in the map. There's still people that are Muslim, that are Palestinian, that live in this country. What's been happening recently is that the remaining people in the Israel side have been taking more and more and more and more and more land of the Palestine side over the over the course of the last 20, 30, 40, 50, you know, you get the point, over the years. Now there's this tiny 
small fraction of what used to be Palestine left with Palestinian people. What is happening is that there's been conflict. Palestinian people are trying to protect whatever they have left. People in Israel are trying to take whatever the Palestinians have left because they have decided this is Israel as a country. We no longer want you. In a sense, it seems really similar to whitewashing or getting rid of like ethnic cleansing. There you go. It looks a lot like ethnic cleansing. I'm not going to call it that, but I'm just saying it looks a lot like that. Israel is one of the most powerful armies in the world. Let me say that again. Israel, one of the strongest armies in the world, which is why the United States recognized Israel as a country. Basically, we afraid. So, Israel is using this army of guns and bombs and uh, rifles and tanks against the people of Palestine. The people of Palestine are using things like makeshift bombs, rocks, stones to fight back. So you tell me what's really happening in Israel slash Palestine. From what I told you, make your own educated conclusion. The reason why it's a very contentious thing is because people have attributed the state of Israel to Judaism, Judaism. And so a lot of people, if you talk bad about Israel, they attribute that to you're talking bad about Jewish people, which is not true. I have nothing against the Jewish religion. I have a lot of friends that are Jewish, and I'm not trying to use that as like, I have a black friend. It's not that. I'm talking of Israel as a government, not as Israel and the religion in Israel. So I want to make that clear which is why it's very contentious when people talk about it. And I didn't mean to talk about it for this long, but that's what's happening. If we move over to France, we will talk about where President Emmanuel Macron most recently got slapped. He got bitch slapped. (laughs) He literally got bitch slapped because protesters are really protesting Macronomics. I think that's what they're calling it, which is the way that he's like redistributing economic, the economics in his country of France. And so people really don't like this um, because he's more like right wing instead of being more um, progressive. And so he got bitch slapped in a crowd. So bitch. And just as a reminder, people in India are still dying at alarming rates from COVID. So just because around you, it looks like COVID is over, you need to look beyond the United States because we are lucky and we are privileged to have a COVID vaccine because the world is still really suffering from COVID because they do not have the access to multiple vaccines like we do. 
So remember that. And with that, we'll go to our next segment of the podcast. I told you some tea. I told you some truth, a lot of truth. And now it's time to talk some shit, bitches. Los miro ahí. Welcome to our next segment of the podcast, where we talk some shit. In this segment of the podcast, we look at the things that have happened between the last episode and this episode, and we just talk shit about people that are just fucking shit up. And we're going to start with the Pentagon. So fuck the Pentagon. This Pride Month, they actually said they, they will not allow any Pride flags in any U.S. military installations, even if it's Pride Month. Upholding a policy former Defense Secretary Mark Esper established last July under the DJT administration. The, Depart- the Department of Defense said that they will maintain the existing policy, policy from July 2020 regarding the display or depiction of any unofficial flag, not just the pride flag. Bitch, shut the fuck up. I did not just see videos of you celebrating your LGBTQ plus service people, and now you can't even fucking put a flag up to celebrate Pride Month. Y'all stupid as fuck. I'm just saying. I cuss a lot during this segment, too, so I apologize in advance. The next person we're going to talk shit about is our Madame Vice President Kamala Harris. Look, Kamala Harris, let me tell you this. The difference between me and someone who follows DJT is that I love this country enough to criticize it when they're fucking up. And I do not love my candidates. I put them in office so they can do the job that I thought they said they would do. So when they fuck up, I'm going to call them out because I'm not in a cult. So I just want to put that out there. So with that being said, F. Kamala Harris, she went to Guatemala a country that for the last 20 to 30 years, the U.S. has aided in different coups that have happened and have destabilized the infrastructure of this country, along with many other Latin America and Central American countries, that then forces people to flee their country and try and find a better place, a safer place, a place to raise their children where their children can have a future. And you go to Guatemala and you tell people that if they are thinking of making a dangerous migration through Mexico to the border into the United States, don't come. Don't come. Don't come, girl. As if the United States was not a country where asking for, what's it called, um, asylum is legal. 
Instead of saying, ask for asylum, this we are going to help the process of asylum seeking. We're going to, the United States is going to help your country with its infrastructure that we fucked up. No, she said, don't come. Para. So, Kamala, I'm going to call you on you wrong, girl. Another person that's just wrong, it's uh, Joe Manchin, who I believe is a senator. Uh, I should know this, but oh yes, tarde. Joe Manchin is a senator. I was right. I know my senators. And Joe Manchin is a Democratic senator who most openly has said that he will not go against the filibuster. He will hope for bipartisanship with the Republicans, even though Dogface over here, Mitch McConnell, has said that the job of the Republicans and the only job of the Republicans during the Biden-Harris administration is to block anything that the administration tries to do. Even though he very publicly said that, Joe Manchin, Democratic senator from West Virginia, thinks that it's still possible to work along lines of difference with the Republicans. No, Joe Manchin, estás pendejo. I'm just saying. Another pendeja is Marjorie Taylor Greene, who most recently said in public that wearing a mask is the same as Jewish people having to wear a star on their chest during the Holocaust, and that not allowing people to go places is the same as the Jim Crow laws. Esta vieja está loca. Está tan loca. Dios mío, I don't even want to talk to her about her because we talked shit about her last week. We talking shit about her again. Like, she just crazy, y'all. Está loca. Like, get her out of office. And the people that put her there, they must be just as locos. I'm just saying. Otra loca is esta Penny Crooks from the Ashboro High School who in the last couple of weeks was all over social media because she denied a student named Ever Lopez his high school diploma because Ever was proud of his achievement and the achievement he had created for his family and wore a Mexican flag during his graduation. And Miss Penny Crooks denied to give him his diploma. Then Miss Penny Crooks, had the cops escort the family out. Then Miss Penny Crooks sent police to the house to let them know that he will not get his diploma unless he apologizes for wearing a Mexican flag. Fuck you, Penny Crooks. It's people like you that make the education system as fucked up as it is. It's people like you that should not be in front of students. I'm just saying. Okay. And my final bonus wings, just because it's Pride Month and because you're a cis gay man does not mean that our trans brothers and sisters are not still struggling across the country. There was more than 300 plus bills put forth by Republicans across the country to take rights away from trans youth and trans people all across the country. So just because you can walk around in a jock strap and Wave your pride flag does not mean that we are still not fighting for our rights. 
Because when you are thinking that being gay is fine and dandy now in 2021, there is so many trans women of color and trans men of color that are being murdered every year and are not protected in our this country in so many different states in this country, simply for being trans. So if you cannot protect all the letters in the LGBTQ+, then baby, I don't want you waving a fucking flag. Okay? I said what I said. Thank you so much for listening, y'all. This was episode 34 of It's Just a Talk podcast. I appreciate all my listeners. Let me know what you want to hear, what you want me to talk about. If you want me to change the format of this podcast, I apologize that it's not as often as it used to be. Pero la vida no es un carnaval sometimes, you know? Sometimes it gets in the way. Pero con eso, I want to thank y'all so much. And I will see y'all later. Once again, this it's just a top podcast. My name is Mauricio. I'm your host. And I'm everything I am because the hood loved me. Bye. Solo di. So you're-